time to wake up. It's Saturday morning. Find some milk and cereal. Grab a bowl and spoon. No, a bigger spoon. Head to the living room and take a seat on the floor. But Joseph and Chris present to you... Saturday Morning Cartoon! Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom! This is a show where we wake up with a Saturday morning sun, plop down on the living room floor with a big bowl of sugary cereal, and watch all your favorite cartoons, both old and new. I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris! <laughs> so you did the, the, the like, boom thing all enthusiastic, and I just, I felt like I needed to get mine in there. Uh, anyway, this morning we watched Battle of the Planets. I don't even remember the music. I, I think I blocked it out. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, my, my mind set up things to protect itself. <laughs> yeah. And I don't remember certain parts of this cartoon now. Well, it's probably for the <laughs> yeah. best. So the show Battle of the Planets aired from 1978 to 1985 in America. Originally, it was in Japan as Science Ninja Team Gotcha Man from 1972 to 1974. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait. <laughs> Science Ninja Gotcha Man? Sci- Science Ninja Team Gotcha Man. Science Ninja Team Gotcha Man. Oh my God. Okay. But, and I'm going to go into it in a little bit, but trust me. Science Ninja Team Gotcha Man is an amazing show in comparison to this. Amazing. Okay. I will go into you it. You might though. have to convince me. I'll convince you. You'll, <laughs> okay. you'll be convinced okay. by the end, I hope. So will anybody Perfect. listening. Okay. The show was created by originally by Tatsuo Yoshida in Japan, and then it was brought over and mass edited by Sandy Frank, produced by Sandy Frank Entertainment here. There it was only one season but there were 85 episodes, 85 Americanized episodes, 105 total episodes, if you're counting the Japanese ones. In America, it aired on just syndicated networks. It was first-run syndication, which means that even from the start, it was all over the place. It was on multiple networks. I know ABC was one of them, but I'm not sure about the others. For a short synopsis, a five-member superhero team called G-Force fights to defend Earth and its space colonies from the threat of the planet Spectra. Mm. <laughs> You don't sound. <sighs> you don't sound like you like this show too much. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll get into that. Yeah. <laughs> well, first, get into who was in this show. Who are some of the actors? All right. So the characters of yeah, this is the actual character name. Seven Zark Seven and Keop was Alan Young. I guess you could call it voice acting. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the voice of Mark was Casey Kasem. Which is awesome. I do love Casey Kasem. You would recognize him as Shaggy from Scooby Doo, mm-hmm. or like Cliff Jumper, and some of the other Transformers from the Transformers uh, '80s cartoons. He's done a lot of stuff, and he's he's probably one of my favorite voices from that era. So super happy to hear him in this. Mm-hmm. The voice of Princess Janet Waldo, the voice of Jason Ronnie Shell, and the voice of Tiny was Alan Dinehart, except for the first episode. The very first episode, it was also, I believe, Ronnie Shell. Then after that, Alan took over. That's that's the main cast. Okay, so... Uh, few tasty marshmallows <laughs> out of this big bowl of Battle like of how the we're Planet cereal. we're both sighing. We're both like, uh... I'm sighing in part because I really want to explain to you how Gotcha Man is a hundred times better, but I'll get into it as we progress. Okay, but for some tasty marshmallows out of the Battle of the Planet cereal, 
The series Battle of the Planets was marketed to capitalize on the momentum created by Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, 1977, released in the prior year. The words battle instead of war and planets instead of star are plays on that theme. The character Seven's Arc Seven was to play on droid names created by Star Wars, utilizing letters and numbers like C-3PO and R2-D2. So just for starters, this was Battle of the Planets doing this, not Gotcha Man. Ninja Science Team Gotcha Man didn't even have Seven's Arc Seven in it. He was only there for exposition. Oh, man. Yeah. That makes so much sense because his whole role was just explaining everything that was happening. Exactly. And I hated that. That was so stupid. The only reason he was there was, yes, for exposition, A, and B, to fill the time gaps in all the stuff that they cut out of the American version. Like violence or uh, curse words or, you know, storylines that made sense. And then, so, it makes sense now that this... Whoever these idiots are that <laughs> that bought this and turned it into the Battle of the Planets and then put Seven's Arc Seven in the whole thing with him and then that other robot voice Susan like oh my that gosh. all was just so bad and yeah. so stupid that was terrible and oh man and one Rover One was a dog and he was terrible he was even worse. <laughs> It's just garbage. You you already made the Japanese version better. Okay. <laughs> by telling me yeah. that character does not exist. That's just a start. Like this. Oh my God. Yeah. Most of the footage comes from the existing Japanese anime series known predominantly as Gotcha Man. But the series content was tweaked for an American audience, including the reduction in violent scenes. I already kind of went into that stating that um, basically they really softened it up for an American audience because originally it was very... Uh, Okay, here's, and this might surprise you, the original Gotcha Man was earthbound completely, so there was no space aspect to it. What? Yeah, I mean, they might have gone out into space every once in a while, but there weren't multiple planets involved. It was all about protecting Earth, and it was environmentally themed, kind of like Captain Planet, and it was very dark-toned in comparison, whereas this, America turned it into, morphed it into a kid-friendly outer space show with robot characters. And even though they kept some of the environmental themes, this was also why some of the planets that G-Force went to looked very much like Earth places. because And made it, no sense. Yeah, like that like, one where they went to the asteroid. The asteroid looked, with Mount Rushmore on it? Yes, yeah. Yes. Called, what was it, like Meteor Island or some yes. or Space Island? It's because it was still Earth. Like Yeah, I was like, this is Mount Rushmore. Why is someone building Mount Rushmore on yes. an asteroid? And how could an asteroid sustain life for people to live on it and even just go outside and walk around and exactly? And then so so (laughs) settings, violence, objectionable language, and most character fatalities were altered or eliminated by cutting scenes, dubbing, or explanatory voiceovers by Seven's Arc Seven. They ruined this thing. They totally ruined it. Something else interesting, and the last one I'll mention right now: main villain Zoltar. He, the, you know, the, the dude dressed in purple. Yeah. He had an unusual background due to him being uh, hermaphroditic in nature. So, <laughs> yeah, he um, originally, like, he was, he both played a man and a woman. Like, he went back and forth. Interesting. But in America, they changed the episode where it showed his female form into his sister that came. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> yeah. 
And she, so she was introduced as a separate character because they didn't want to try to explain uh, transgender to children. So that's kind of topical even to watch this show and uh, keep that in mind. Oh, my God. That that introduced. Well, I, I'm not sure it's not the first Japanese anime that did that, but it was a transgender character in the show to begin with. Yeah. And in America just took it away. America just ruined it. <laughs> yeah. We so. ruined all good things. <laughs> <sighs> well, Chris, do you have any memories of the show at all? No, I mean, <laughs> no. <laughs> if if I did, like they'd have to be pulled out in therapy <laughs> by watching one of those lights bounce back and forth because it's super repressed. If I had ever seen this before, yeah. Um, no, I've I've, and this is what drives me nuts is I've heard people tell me that this cartoon was really cool, and I'm like, no, no, <laughs> no, no, no. They must have like been mistaking Battle of the Planets for the Japanese version or something, or maybe thought it was the same name, but... Well, oh man, it's interesting that you say that because, I mean, it's been kind of redone so many times and released in America. They've had different versions of it throughout, and the most recent one was a completely faithful redubbing of the Japanese version with an English voice. And so, yeah, it, it keeps all the scenes and everything, but it, it's just the English dub. But the way that they released it on Blu-ray is you could watch it either in Japanese or English if you don't want to read subtitles. Is that the one that they call G-Force instead of no, Battle G- of the Planets? No, that's actually kind of an in-between one because oh, Jesus there's, there's so many. There's G-Force, there's Battle of the Planets, there's Eagle Riders, there's the Battle of the Planets OVA. There's so many. Eagle Riders? Yeah, but oh, it's all... Man. Those are all the same show, just kind of redubbed and redone differently. This is ridiculous. Yeah, even the character <laughs> names are different. Oh, oh, one more thing before I move on a little bit. So the character Keop, the kid who I know annoyed you because you told uh, me right away. Yes. And he's so annoying with his little like, okay, so yeah, exactly. He in Japan is not like that at all. He's a regular kid who... <laughs> Just, Are you serious? Yeah, it's like they just didn't want to cast a child voice actor, so they're just like, let's just make a bunch of noises. That's what kids do, right? And, oh, my God. And then the way, you know, he's an orphan, but the way they talk it off is like he's genetically modified or something. I don't know. Like, they did so much messed up stuff with this show. That made no sense no, whatsoever. But he's a that doesn't make any sense. He's a completely normal, likable character in Gotcha Man. Like, he's not Jeez. like that at all. They actually said originally, or there was a fan theory before the uh, Japanese stuff was released in America that the reason they did that was because he was a character who sweared all the time. So to cover up the way his mouth was moving and all those swear words, they just made noises instead. But that was proven to be false. So there was no, I watched a couple episodes and there was nothing wrong with him. He was a completely normal kid, but then they bring it over here and we ruin it. Like you said. Oh, uh, so my memories of this, going back to that, <laughs> I remember always being attracted to the outfits that they were wearing when I was growing up. I really like animals. Physically themed. attracted to them or? Both. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about animal themed teams that always appealed to me, which is probably why I like Power Rangers so much because they had the dinosaur theme originally. That's true. And also to a lesser extent, uh, King Arthur and the Knights of Justice, if you remember that cartoon. I don't. I don't think I've ever even heard of it. Oh, we have to watch that one someday. It's awesome. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, but and not to mention the fact that comic artist Alex Ross has done quite a few pieces specific to this series, and they look amazing. Yeah, there's just some sort of artistic appeal to this show for me. I can give you that. Let's go ahead and jump into the three episodes that we watched for today's show. The very first episode, highest rated episode, finally, random relation to chosen episode. 
Order varies depending on how these episodes fall chronologically, but of course, we start with the very first episode, Attack of the Space Terrapin, Season 1, Episode 1, where G-Force is introduced to and faces a challenge against one of Spectra's most, oh my gosh, this is written terribly, one of Spectra's most mightiest machines, the Space Terrapin. (laughs) (laughs) They they have a fondness for animal-themed spaceships and weapons, because we'll get another one in the next episode too, but this one, we get a flying turtle. But just to preface it, they were not spaceships. They were, I mean, they were in Battle of the Planets, but normally they were not. They were just regular Earth ships. I'll give you this. Like, the Terrapin, well, they called it the Space Terrapin in this cartoon. Yeah. That was the name of this um, flying weapon thing. Like, some of it looked kind of cool. But in the end, it's still, like, a rocket ship that's made to look like a turtle, but with, like, a long neck, like a dragonish kind of neck. And a drill and, nose. I mean, it's just so, like, non-practical. You, just imagine how much money that's got to cost, because turtles are not aerodynamic. I've thrown <laughs> turtles. <laughs> just kidding. Don't get me in trouble, PETA. Um, but... <laughs> Like, they're not aerodynamic, so you'd have to add, then you add all the, the other metal to make it look like the, the turtle thing, and then you have to add how many more boosters and how much more fuel does that thing need to be able to fly because the wind and gravity is working against it. it. Makes no sense to make a flying jet look like a turtle. You're leaving out the most aerodynamic turtle that I know, Gamera. Friend to all children. But he he flies with the power of children's love. So it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sounds really bad. Oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, I gotta say, though, the, their outfits made me yearn for an F-Zero cartoon. Yeah. That was, like, the first thing I thought of was, like, oh, dude, I could see Captain Falcon just jump right out of this. Fucking punch these guys in the face. <laughs> Like I said, I did like their outfits. I mean, I always have, but I really want to cosplay as one of the characters. I think um, I'm going to get all confused because here's what I did. I watched three episodes of Battle of the Planets and I was like, this is so bad. And then I watched the three episodes equivalent of Gotcha Man. And I was like, this is so good. <laughs> and then I watched them again just to compare side by side. And I was like, man, it's so crazy. Everything is left out. So, OK. On this episode, the turtle, I mean, it's still the same idea where he's stealing something to prevent peace from happening. And he, this is still, this turtle is still a a large base for, in this show, the Spectra's forces. Right. And so what's happened is like, yes, this turtle goes to steal those things, but he also ends up killing quite a few people. Like he blows up tanks, like he lights things on fire. There are multiple explosions. It's not just like an in and out thing like he did in this, uh, in uh, Battle of the Planets. That sounds cool. In Battle of the Planets, they had the same like um, animation happen several times where there's these very specific like military vehicles firing rockets at it. It and it would like blow them up and then it would cut to something else happening and it would cut back and it would show the same scene again yeah because they're like oh we need more battle footage let's just play the same crap yeah oh. and it just it just kept showing those rockets shooting the turtle in the butt and nothing happening <laughs> right <laughs> okay a few questions in gotcha man is a princess from Battle of the Plants. Is she a princess in there, or did they just name her princess for the American version? I'm glad that you asked that question, because none of them are the same name as they are in the original Japanese series. Mark, the leader, his name is Ken. Jason's name is Joe, which I take offense to because they renamed (laughs) Joe to Jason. That sucks. Princess, her name was June. June, okay. Kiop, his name was Jinpei, and... Tiny, his name was Ryu. Nice. There's got to be a Ryu. 
Yeah. There's always a Ryu. There's a Ken and a Ryu. I wonder if Street Fighter took inspiration oh, from this. Oh, man. I didn't even think about that. That's a, Oh, man. I had Ken and a Ryu at the mm-hmm. same time. I like it. I like it. <laughs> They're, uh, I just had to say, like, and, and the Japanese version is at fault for this, too. But some of the animation's really bad on the faces because there's so many times their eyes are going the wrong direction. <laughs> like, <laughs> seriously, the right eye, like, the pupil is going out to the right, like, they're looking to the right. But then the left eye, the pupil is going out to the left at the same time. So it just looks like their eyes are spreading apart the wrong way and they <laughs> look like idiots when it happens. <laughs> And it happened in every episode, not as much in this one. The subsequent episodes we watched, one in particular, was really bad. Like, every, like, close-up, their eyes were all over the place. Man. And they just looked like a bunch, they looked like they were, like, on something or, like, I don't know, they had some sort of condition. (laughs) (laughs) It was pretty bad. It's like, uh, what was the the term, derp, like, derp eyes or something? Yeah, yeah, they had derp face. Yeah, for sure. To make it even worse, so their helmets... Um, they have these helmets on and then they have like a glass, like, um, visor that kind of sticks out like a beak mm-hmm. a little bit, but because it sticks out when they move their head certain ways, cause it doesn't cover their whole mouth. It stops maybe above the lip, but it's like out farther. So when their head's at certain angles, you're seeing the, um, separation between like their skin and then their skin under that glass. So... When they're angling a certain way, it kind of looks like that that line of separation is in place of their mouth. So they got like the derp eyes going and then it looks like they have this giant like weird <laughs> smile on their face and it just makes it so much worse. Oh man. I, like yeah, it's bad. <laughs> that's funny. I didn't even notice that. Oh yeah, I I laughed hysterically a couple times. Like <laughs> anytime they did like a, an extreme close up, like I was dying because it was so funny. I guess like since this was made in 72, I'm kind of forgiving of properties that are this aged, but Sure. But I understand what you mean definitely. <laughs> it's like a lot of those old like uh, animations though kind of like speed racer like the animation yeah. was not great but i'm sure it was a great show i bet the original japanese speed racer was awesome i think i'm gonna have to try to find some screen caps from this of the derp faces <laughs> and it and I'll, I'll try to get them up in time that this episode comes out i'll put them on like our instagram so if you search for bs excluded on instagram b-s-x-c-l-u-d-e-d um, I will hopefully have some um, Gotcha Man slash Battle of the Planet derp faces going <laughs> for you guys great. to enjoy. That'd be awesome if you could find those. <laughs> yes, they were good. Uh, so, <laughs> so in okay, oh to wrap up this episode, so they're fighting the giant turtle uh, in Battle of the Planets. He's not really killing anyone. He's just kind of going, doing his thing. Then Gotcha Man, I'm sorry, uh, G Force goes and invades the ship, starts fighting off. Okay, another thing. Here's one of the expositions that really upset me is when Mark, the eagle dude, throws his little um shuriken thing. Yeah. Seven's Arc 7 interrupts is like, oh, he knocked the, or Mark's uh, shuriken or whatever, Mark's um bird thing. Oh, yeah, uh, he explains uses what Uses some kind of sonic resonance to knock and them we out. we didn't get to see it. But they'll be back up on their feet in a second. But what it really is, is razor sharp edges. So he's basically slitting the throats of these enemies. <laughs> But that's why they have wow. to explain off that they're not dead. They'll get back up, but they're not getting back up. Oh, my gosh. And also when um, at one point when they start kicking some of those henchmen around, 
Uh, I think when Mark first like kicks a few of them, they fall from a great height. They hit like the bottom of the ship. And then where the Phoenix ship comes in, the the henchmen fall out of that hole. And so they fall to their deaths on the ground. Yeah. So it's so much different. But okay, so. I was going to say, the, the one thing I was confused about was the, the very end, where the five of them turned into the thing. Oh, the, the fiery like, phoenix. what? Like, where did that come from? They also turn into a tornado at one point. Oh, okay, see, that's another thing is they, what they call it in the in Battle of the Planets is, ma- or not magic, but uh, special abilities they have. Yeah. But it, what it is in Japan is their ninja abilities. Like, it's like ninja kind of techniques that they're using. Hmm, okay. They have that one where they spin in the tornado, and then the one where they turn into the fiery bird is also a ninja technique of sorts, and it puts their lives at risk every time they do it. Interesting. And they risk blowing up the ship when they do it as well. But of course, they can't really say that in the American version, so they just say, like, oh, it's dangerous or something. I don't remember what they they said. Yeah, they didn't even explain it much at all. Like, all of a sudden, Seven's Arc Seven's like, they're using the Fiery Phoenix! Yeah. And that's the end of the episode. Like, they're still just as the Phoenix, and then the episode's over, and I'm like, the hell just happened? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was so confused. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, there's not a whole lot more explanation to that in that episode. It's just saying, like, it puts their lives at great risk, and then essentially it's kind of the way Seven's Arc 7 closes out, which is like what lies ahead for G-Force or what lies ahead for Gotcha Man or whatever you want to call them at this point. Right. So, yeah, that's the first episode. It kind of gives you a good overview of everything that happens with the team or what the team's capabilities are to some extent. But in the Battle of the Planets version, yeah, Keop is extremely annoying and pretty useless he's terrible he, yeah. he really just points out anything that he's seeing like at one point he says like uh, ocean because they're they're about to dive into the ocean and it's just random observations and he doesn't just no say sense. ocean he goes bleep, boop, 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 ocean oh yeah yeah <laughs> there's something down there ocean. we know it's the ocean but that's not said <laughs> at all in the in the original version right but anyway uh. Let's move on to the second one that we watched, which is The Fiery Lava Giant, Season 1, Episode 22. And this was my choice, and I'll tell you why in a second. On Space Island, a colonized asteroid, a lava giant suddenly appears and goes on a rampage. Chris, what did you think of this episode? Oh, my God. <laughs> it was uh, it was interesting. I mean, for one, they're, they're definitely like not even in uh, space, because, I mean, Mount Rushmore. Right. Right there. But they're supposedly on a meteor, you know, those big things of rocks that just travel super fast through space. <laughs> but for some reason, it can sustain life and people can walk around with no problem with gravity. Yeah. And there's water and mountains and... They're on a colonized asteroid for some reason. This woman has been carving Mount Rushmore by hand, apparently. And because uh, apparently, you know, that doesn't take as long as you would think. Well, her dad does it, and then she finishes because her dad died. And, oh my god. So, I don't even understand, (laughs) like, what was going on, really, aside from there being some secret base under what's supposed to be Mount Rushmore, and one of they take one of the heads out, and they put it in some fake lava, which turns it into a lava monster dude, like a giant. 
and who just walks around and starts like terrorizing people and then just goes right back to what he was doing just being a mountain okay let me give you a little bit of explanation of what actually happened and then we'll go into what we saw happen okay so what the plan was or what they were doing was uh, in those colonies that were set up, they had found a way to turn polluted air into clean air. And so those experiments, they were completing them, they were doing some test runs, and they were finally going to uh, mass produce it and help the earth to be free from pollution. And so the enemy, in turn, has to come in and stop them because they're the enemy and they don't want peace on earth. So that happens in the form of this lava giant who happens to be Lava Jesus. That was, <laughs> yeah, that literally the carving. And they say it in the Gotcha Man was of Jesus Christ. They also mentioned that the next carving or the, the girl mentioned the next carving she's going to do after she finishes this one is of um, the Virgin Mary. So it's very religious themed there. So the reason oh I chose gosh. this episode was because it's giant lava Jesus. And I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> you know, what's really funny, too, is when he's walking around. That was the first thing that came in my head. I was like, this looks like a big old lava Jesus. Oh, yeah. Especially at one part, he's got his arms like going out to the sides. So he looks like that big Christ, the Redeemer statue in, uh, is it Brazil or in somewhere in South America? And I was just like, yeah, there's a big old lava Jesus. <laughs> I didn't realize that that's literally what they were going yeah, for was that, a lava Jesus. It was literally in Gotcha Man, a lava Jesus. And they actually show some of the iconography of Christ on the cross too, just to point out in case people had missed it that this was they lava didn't Jesus. It out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so, of course, in America, that's not the direction they went. They turned it into one of the original colonists of this asteroid, this mysterious asteroid that they're all living on right now. That just suspiciously look like Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) Who is also, I guess, one of the heads in Mount Rushmore now. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's the reason I chose it was because I I thought that was such a funny idea that the enemy took over Lava Jesus to destroy these colonies to prevent Earth from cleaning itself. Uh, Again, this is pointing back towards the environmental friendly portion of it that it was talking about. Like, that's one of the primary ideas of the original show in a very Captain Planet-esque way, except in a more serious way. And that's what they did in this episode was break these experiments and these colonies that had been put together specifically to do this. They were trashing them for that reason. Also, in the middle of this episode, they, like, take a break for Seven Zark Seven to give some exposition. They do this, like, bit where he had, like, he was like, oh, I was asleep. Wait a minute. Robots don't sleep. I must have hit my off button. And then, so there's this other, like, there's, like, a tube um, with some other robotic voice coming through it that's a female and talks really seductively and gets Seven Zark Seven all excited. And he's like, <laughs> She's talking to him and she's like worried because he was gone for what 30 seconds and he's supposed to have a 20 second break or something. Yeah. And he is like, Oh, I must have hit my off switch. And she, <laughs> she's like, I'd be happy to turn you on. And then he's like, Oh, you do. Or you have. Yeah. Like, oh my God. Oh my. I guess I did push my off button. I'll be happy to turn you on, sir. Oh, you do. I mean, you have. Thank you, Susan. Now get back on the job. Really, guys? <laughs> Is that what we're doing? Yeah, it's, <laughs> oh. it's funny. They took Lava Jesus out of it, but they put in some... Some sexual innuendo. Yes, yeah, terrible sexual innuendos. 
so bad. God, that was so stupid. There, and it was pointless. There was no reason for that to even be in the episode. Like, I mean, I, I think it's funny and I laughed, but there was like, it didn't make sense throwing this in here whatsoever. Oh yeah. It's just to take up space. That is right. It. And it's something that, I mean, like I said, I laughed at it, but kids won't know what they're talking about. No. To them, it's just going to be like, well, a little boring segment separating the excitement. Yep. That was anytime Seven's Dark Seven came in, it was boring segment to interrupt the excitement. Back to uh, Lava Jesus. Yes. Whenever he walks, he looks like he's trying to play a piano. Oh, he's with got his like his forearms up. bent and his <laughs> hands red. And he just looks like he's trying to play an invisible piano as he walks or something. Oh, uh, you know, it'd be funny. He really is wants to, to join a band. It's to make a meme of like in place of like uh, the piano cat. It's just Lava oh, Jesus. Lava Jesus. Yeah. I bet Lava Jesus would play some Ray Charles for sure. <laughs> some Stevie Wonder. <laughs> Oh. Um, oh, and guess what? It turns out Lava Jesus is a robot. Yep. That's going to be a very common theme in this show. Everything turns out to be a robot. <laughs> Everything. I'm not I'm not even kidding. I like the way that they actually pulled this off. And even in the um, by giving it a bath. Yeah. I mean, essentially, <laughs> they guided it to the ocean, which, of course, lava can't sustain itself like that. So it's going to harden. Right. They are able to do that and take it out in that manner. I don't think anything really happens after aside from they talk to the the woman again that was doing it. Um, Amelia. She had some major derp face in one scene, <laughs> and I'm going to try to get that screen cap for sure. You just got to get all of them. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I will comb through these three episodes and try to find the best derp faces. <laughs> Keop is just has resting derp face. <laughs> that kid looks like a moron all the time because his <laughs> mouth is always like open and twisted like, ah! <laughs> It's so bad. Oh my gosh. Yeah, they they just ruined that character so much. Uh, anything else about Lava Jesus? Nope. Okay. <laughs> so Lava Jesus was defeated, and that moves us on to the next episode being Victims of the Hawk. Season 1, episode 36, which was the highest rated episode, where a young married couple <laughs> stayed behind to help defend a base from an attack by Spectra. <laughs> oh... This is the highest rated, and it was the worst one out of all of them. It was so bad. It's really funny because I can see why it was rated the highest by watching Gotcha Man. Oh, okay. But watching this version, I couldn't see it. (laughs) I think it was rated the highest because it was like, all right, the, the best way to explain this is that you know how, like, Adult Swim, or even, like, um on YouTube, someone might take an old cartoon and just mess with it a little bit and just make pieces really awkward. Like, people just staring at each other too long and not saying anything, and it, you start laughing. That's what this episode was. It was like somebody screwed with it, and it was just hilarious. Like, all the serious parts, you couldn't take it seriously because it was you're too busy laughing at it. <laughs> it. It reminds me of, like, um... Like when Fensler Films manipulated all the G.I. Joe PSAs, they would dub over it or like mess with the animation a little bit or just make it some of the things the character said really awkward. Yeah. Like I like there's a few scenes in this and I'm like, this is exactly the the same feeling I get is that somebody messed with it. But knowing that they didn't and this is what they actually were going for. I was like, oh, man. 
especially with with Diane and uh, Orin. Any scene they were in was awful. Especially the first five minutes are them just like staring at each other and going like, Diane! <laughs> Orin! <laughs> and then they're just staring. Diane! Oh, Orin! And then they run up and hug and then they're just staring again. And then they start kissing and I'm like, the hell is this? Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> they Yeah, they sold it so poorly in this. Okay. First of all, the way that they put it in this show, they stayed behind to help defend a base from a specter attack. Both survived and were brought back to Earth as heroes. Quote unquote, brought back to Earth as heroes. And uh, Zoltar wants to eliminate them because they're eyewitnesses and both have parents that are highly placed in the government. What happened in Gotcha Man is these are essentially star-crossed lovers from uh, different families who were at war with one another. And the war is over thanks to these two being kind of a common bond. Uh, They are the central point for peace. They're basically Romeo and Juliet. And they even have names like one of them. I think her name was Julia and the other was like Romeo. So it was very much Romeo and Juliet to the T. But the war is stopped, and the reason that Spectra attacks, or in Gotcha Man, Spectra is called Galactor, and that's the agency that it is. Okay. But, okay, so, but Spectra, the reason they attack is because they don't want peace. They need this war to keep going so that it will distract people from Spectra's evil agendas, what they're doing. It will take attention away from them if this war is ongoing. So they're trying to rekindle this war by kidnapping these two characters and eventually turning them into slaves to their side. So okay, already, okay. doesn't that sound way more interesting than what we watched? Yeah, this was literally just like they found each other at the end of some kind of, you know, it looked like some kind of explosion. And then the, <laughs> the guy Oren's like, we're going to go have a second honeymoon, even if the first one was only last year. <laughs> and then... They're just like basically just going to the airport and uh, the G-Force team is kind of like, I I don't know if they're supposed to be like just kind of protecting them from the sidelines, but they're like, (laughs) they show them like walking through the airport and stuff. And then Mark like pops out from behind a pillar, (laughs) but he's wearing the full costume. I'm like, how are people not noticing these dudes just popping out from behind pillars and stuff like. Trying to blend in wearing these suits and oh my god, <laughs> it just this doesn't make any sense. Oh, and you know how Zoltar comes in and he dresses up like one of the dude's friends? Yeah, yeah, that guy was creepy looking. <laughs> yeah, he was, but it's a uh, what it was in Gotcha Man was it was still Zoltar, but he had disguised himself as one of that dude's colleagues in the war, one of his fellow recruits oh, okay. who had seemingly died off. And so instead, he's like, no, I I managed to live through the attack somehow. And that's why he's so happy to see him, because not just Uh, because it's like, oh, here's a random friend. Remember, I told you about this random friend. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the the best part is like when they get on the they get on the plane and the stewardess comes out, Uh, you know, something's going to happen, obviously, because they're all just staring at each other weirdly. Even though it's playing happy music, they're just staring and being weird. Then the stewardess just turns into a robot, of course, because yeah. everything is a robot. <laughs> Except she's still, like, even when, like, she gets bigger and the clothes are gone, it's just, like, an actual robot and some of it's cool looking. But the head, even though it turns metal, is still shaped like the stewardess. <laughs> <laughs> and then she sees, like, claws out to grab them. And when it grabs Diane, the woman, 
instead of being like, ah, or like screaming or something, she's like, ah. Oh. I'm like, what? <laughs> where did this robot just grab her that oh. she made that sound? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. It was, uh, yeah. The, the, just the choices in this show. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. There's just so much more gravity to the actual show than there is Battle of the Planets, especially watching them side by side. It's like, man, they left so much out that would have made this so much better. But okay, so it gets to the point where Zoltar captures him or stewardess bot captures them, <laughs> takes him to Zoltar. But that's not before um, or it might have been right before we see Jason going after Zoltar in a car chase. Oh, yeah, because the Zoltar in his costume where he still looks like a human is driving, but his eyes are going the complete wrong direction. <laughs> his eyes are looking like he's driving straight, but his eyes are looking like he's trying to look at his left pocket. <laughs> like they're just going down into the left like the entire time. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So so <laughs> so they're on that car chase. And in, in Battle of the Planets, it's so short of the car chase. It's like, oh, yeah, it's over real quick. Jason goes in. He like accidentally goes into a dip and jumps out of it, hits a rock and then wrecks into another rock and has to jump out of the car, making <laughs> him look like a terrible driver immediately. <laughs> but in Gotcha Man, it's a much longer chase scene and it takes up a lot of the time that Seven's Arc Seven probably jumped in and said something stupid. Oh, I'm sure he did. Why wouldn't he? Yeah, exactly. So after all that, Diane and Oren are captured by about the when they're together and the and Mark comes in that whole bit because there's some weird stuff. What does it show before that bit? That's what I'm trying in Gotcha Man, there's a whole scene before that, but what is what do you remember oh, from Battle of Planets? I, I can't remember what happens exactly before that. I felt like oh, they fought like a, a hawk robot thing, didn't they? Yeah. The reason and is that shot feathers at them. Yeah, and the reason is that um, Diane and Oren kind of fuse into that robot. And what it is, oh. it's supposed to be a dove, which is a symbol of peace. And so there's an irony in the sense that Spectra is using this robot, this peaceful animal to cause war, to start a war. So they didn't even like in Battle of the Plants, they didn't even like allude to that that they were supposed to be that it was just a random robot that g-force fought with yeah that's before so mark found his way to where diane and Orin were the way that they defeated the robot was strange in both versions because it was like um princess or june had i guess she had dropped her what are the little makeup kits called with the mirrors in them I don't remember, but yeah, were the powder and the, yeah. one with the powder and with, the little with the like, pow powder and the mirror and yeah, yeah, the sunlight. It looks like I mean, I guess it has some sort of ray that shoots out. I don't think it's just sunlight reflecting off of it. Yeah, but it had a laser. Yeah, and the laser hits the bird in the eye and makes its head explode, and then it goes down. <laughs> But okay, so in the scene in Gotcha Man, what happens is Zoltar turns Diane and Oren into cyborgs. Like he essentially takes the blood out of their bodies and replaces it with explosives and uh, weapons so that they are at this point living weapons. So they're basically like Terminators or like Metallo from Superman yeah, or something. Yeah, under the control of Spectra, but they still have minds of their own to some extent, but they can't keep themselves from being controlled. And that's why when Mark comes into play and he's like, no, come with us, you know, we can save you. They're like, no. Yeah. Well, Diane says, no, we've been changed. I don't know how to explain. 
find what's happened, but we're not what you expected to find. We've been changed. Like draws it out just like that. I am not exaggerating. Nope. And what really happens is that they are explaining to Mark everything that I just explained to you about being living weapons Ex- and how they explained it terribly. Yeah. Because instead they said that their bodies were replaced and their souls are somewhere else. Or no, their souls are in those robot bodies and their actual bodies are somewhere else. Oh, yeah. No, that's that's they're like, our bodies are somewhere, but we don't know where. Yeah, no, Ugh. those are their bodies now, those cyborg bodies. <laughs> and they're they're living, moving weapons. And the reason they don't want to be rescued is because they know that they are weapons now and they don't want to be used against anyone. So essentially, they're martyrs at this point and sacrificing themselves to avoid that happening. You know what? Like, they um, get destroyed or whatever. Well, actually, first they make out, and then that turns them into their robot form as Mark runs away. Does it show them explode in... I don't think it does. I think it just shows the facility shaking as Mark runs out, and that's it. Okay. And then you see, like, G-Force, like, talking or something after that, and, you know, it's insinuated that they're gone. But, oh, no, they disappeared. They disappear. The robot bodies disappear. Oh, my God. While they're making out. Okay. <laughs> what really happens is they explode. There's a huge explosion. Nice. They they kill themselves to avoid being used as weapons. Then G-Force is just kind of talking afterwards and like, oh, it's sad, blah, blah, blah. So then it cuts to Seven's Arc 7. And like, you know what? <laughs> they could have just left it as you don't know what happened to them because they disappeared. <laughs> but no, Seven's Arc 7 comes in to tell you exactly what happens, which is that they're safe somewhere because, like, a passing meteor um, was going by, and their souls were transferred to that meteor, and that meteor <laughs> took them to a place where they could be together forever, or some, like, really stupid garbage like that. Yeah. I was like, you couldn't have just left it? Like, it, <laughs> they had a chance to not make this worse. Yeah. And they chose to make it even worse. They blew it. Yeah. It Because... Oh. So Seven's Arc 7, obviously not there at all. It's just kind of narrator explaining that uh, having witnesses, Gotcha Man has now found a new resolution in fighting for peace and things like that. And that's why they're kind of standing there looking at the the sky. And then I think there's some mention of Romeo and Juliet or whatever they were called in the Gotcha Man version. But they don't say anything about their souls being transferred. They, I think they do mention them sacrificing themselves. And then the meteor right. goes by and you can kind of look at it as symbolism of them finding peace and right. moving on. But obviously no, their there's souls no one... are hitching a ride and it's taken them to a magical place <laughs> where they can be together forever. Of course. Yes, exactly. Oh, man. That's why (laughs) that's why I was telling you I'm so two toned on this show because it's the same show, but it's so, so much different. It's insane. Well, Chris, it's about time we transmute back to childhood and see what our inner kids thought of Battle of the Planets. All right. Let me pull this little guy off the meteor here. Oh, that's just a soul. Hang on. All right. We got all of them this time. This cartoon was stupid. Why the f*** are you making me watch a bunch of adults and a kid my age that can't even speak English run around dressed like birds in outer space? I want to punch all of them in their stupid cross-eyed bird faces. But I'd probably end up breaking my hands because everything in this show turns out to be a robot made by some other asshole dressed as either a crab or a bird. What the hell is wrong with these people? Why don't they just go... Oh, wait, hang on. What? Nothing, Mom. No, I didn't say... No! No, not the soap! 
No for On the bright side, it might not be the worst cartoon we've ever seen, but it was pretty bad. So I'm gonna give it 1.5 bowls of cereal that actually turns out to be a robot out of 5. And now I'm grounded. Bye, Joseph. In my opinion, Battle of the Planets was a prime example of turning something wonderful into something much, much worse. That would basically be the equivalent of Giant Lava Jesus turning wine back into water. Pure evil. This has to be the work of Spectra. If you're going to watch Battle of the Planets, my advice would be not to watch Battle of the Planets, but the original Gotcha Man instead. Otherwise, you're letting Spectra, Seven Zark Seven, and One Rover One win. That being said, I'll give Battle of the Planets two big bowls of cereal out of five, and for the record, I would give Gotcha Man five out of five. So much better. And in closing, I definitely want to be a science ninja too, and don't let Seven Zark Seven win! I can't really disagree with either of them. They're both right, and Seven Zark Seven must be destroyed. But I do kind of want that Susan chick to give me a call. so do you have any final thoughts before we end this episode thank god i I mean my final thoughts are going to be what all my thoughts have been throughout definitely don't go into this show only thinking that it exists in that form battle of the planets is not a great remake i know a lot of people have nostalgic feelings for it and i thought that i did too but it was more the characters that i liked and the appeal of gotcha man the series that I was attracted to versus the actual Battle of the Planet show that we were introduced to as children. So if you're going to watch it, as my inner kid said, watch the pure version, which, like I said earlier, is now dubbed in English. You can watch it any way you want, subtitled or English dubbed. And it's going to be so a thousand times better than Battle of the Planets is. So keeping that in mind, definitely watch the better version if you're going to watch it at all, which I think you should, but only Gotcha, man. I, I would agree with you there. I'm going to have to like watch it now because I, I want to see where all of this went wrong, like you said, because they just absolutely butchered that cartoon and the choices they made made no sense. I don't, I don't know what they were thinking, honestly. That was just like trying to capitalize on something at its worst. Man, it was bad. At least, though... It was bad to the point where you can laugh at it and you can like if you had a group of friends together watching it together, you would probably have a great time laughing and making fun of everything. I mean, this is very like mystery science theater 3000 kind of stuff. Just get a group of people, watch it and have your laughs and make fun of all the derp faces because at least, you know, we gave this one or I gave this one a 1.5. I gave Slimer and the real Ghostbusters a one because Slimer was just so bad you couldn't even laugh at it. At least this one could be entertaining because it was that bad. So I, I gave it a little bit back for that, but it's still a, like this version of the show was just awful. What I'm sad about is that people are going to see our review of this and they're going to see the stars say like uh, 1.75 stars out of five. And they're going to be like, how could you hate this show? We're going to get a lot of flack about it. But that will also tell me that they have not listened to the episode because then they would understand what we hate about the American version of this show and how much love I have for the Japanese version. And maybe that will get them to listen to the show because they'll be like, how could they hate it so much? I gotta hear what these jerks have to say. And then they're gonna be like, I love them. Yeah. <laughs> Here's hoping. I hope every episode ends up that way. People think we're jerks and then they love us.
And before we get out of here, I did want to just uh, real quick mention that we got a rating on iTunes and this came out. We got this April 28th, but because we both have horrible memories, <laughs> we kept forgetting to mention it on the show, but we really wanted to. So thank you very much to Adrian King 84 for giving us a five star review on iTunes. And Adrian writes, Joe and Chris have brought back some awesome memories by recalling classic cartoons from my childhood. I especially love the trivia in each episode. It's always neat what decisions, or lack thereof, especially in this case, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. went into these cartoons and even touching on some little-known factoids. Great show and definitely worth subscribing to. I completely agree with you. It is a great <laughs> show that people should subscribe to. And that is our completely unbiased opinion. Completely unbiased. Of course. So I'm just... You know, I'm agreeing with the experts out there. So, <laughs> I mean, Adrian, thank you very much for that awesome review. We appreciate it. And to send a little bit of return love back to Adrian, please listen to his show as well, which myself and Shaddai have been on. Adrian has issues. Show about comics, and it's also great. Check it out. Adrian's awesome. Everything is awesome. <laughs> Everything is awesome. Except for Battle of the Planets. Yeah, that was not awesome. But anyway, listeners, it looks like our milk supply has now run dry. So it's time for us to say... Goodbye. Next week, we'll be watching King Arthur and the Knights of Justice. Which is funny because we just talked about that. That's that's random how that worked out. I know. What a coincidence. Oh, by the way, we have been getting a lot of requests, but they've all been anime. So we're going to wait and we're going to do anime all through the month of July. So there's five weekends in July and we will hit all of those anime requests on each of those Saturdays. So we haven't forgotten about you, I promise. So once again, I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And we'll see you next Saturday. Bleep boop boop Saturday. <laughs> Presented by NerdSloth. A place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com.